booster for your morning. All the news you need to know. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. Welcome to the 77 WABC Early News. I'm Deborah Valentine. Here's your top five at five. This, this is the top five at five. Well, this should be juicy. Hunter Biden's ex-wife is penning a tell-all memoir. It's about the president's son following their divorce. It's due out before the midterms. Speculation of yet another Trump versus Clinton matchup. Two top Democratic operatives think Hillary Clinton will make another run for the White House. Pundits have blown up social media over this one. Reports that Hamas has captured a killer Israeli dolphin armed with weapons of assassination. More fallout over the lax on crime policies out of the new Manhattan DA's office, Alvin Bragg. A giant of the musical world has passed away. Ronnie Spector of the Ronettes, dead at the age of 78. Ahead of this year's midterms, the ex-wife of the president's son, Hunter, set to release a tell-all book. Hunter Biden's ex-wife, Kathleen Buell, plans to detail her 24-year marriage to Hunter. People magazine reporting Biden's ex will dish dirt on Hunter's alleged spending of the couple's money on things like drugs, alcohol, strippers, and prostitutes. Hunter's ex also plans to detail his alleged affair with his dead brother's wife, Hallie. Here's New York Post columnist Miranda Devine on Laura Ingraham's podcast. The sort of mysterious Ukrainian-American who initially um, introduced Hunter to Burisma and to that very lucrative board membership at $83,000 plus a month um, was also Russia-aligned. So she's referring to Hunter Biden, who has been criticized for his foreign dealings with Ukrainian gas company Burisma Holdings and for profiting in China while his father was vice president. He and Buell divorced back in April 2017. The title of this memoir is If We Break, a memoir of marriage, addiction and healing due out five months before the midterms. Well, there could be another Donald Trump-Hillary Clinton matchup. Twice-failed presidential hopeful Hillary Clinton just may make another bid for the White House. Two Democratic operatives say Clinton may be the best option to lead Democrats and likely face Donald Trump in 2024. Now, these operatives are Doug Schoen and Andrew Stein. They made the prediction in a Wall Street Journal article. Here's Clinton reading part of what would have been her victory speech during a masterclass video. And as hard as it might be to imagine, your daughter will grow up and become the president of the United States together. We will make America even greater than it has ever been. So Clinton also sounded like a presidential hopeful when she told NBC News last month that a second Trump victory could spell the end of our democracy. Clinton also said that the 2024 election would be a make or break point. And an Israeli killer dolphin has reportedly been captured by Hamas. The Palestinian organization's military wing posted an online video claiming one of its naval units captured this killer dolphin. Now, confirmation, though, from Israel. Now, Hamas claims the Israeli 
killer dolphin spy was armed with weapons capable of assassinating its fighters off the Gaza coast. The Hamas claim has made waves on social media. There's a surprising genre of conspiracy theories that Israeli intelligence routinely uses animals like birds as tools in espionage. People poke fun at Hamas on social media for being afraid of dolphins, usually docile animals. Well, there is more fallout from new Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg's soft-on-crime policies. That ex-con we told you about had felony charges downgraded to just misdemeanors after allegedly robbing a Lower East Side Dwayne Reed at knife point. Now, he reportedly was told in court he should feel lucky that he was busted after the new DA took office. In an official transcript of William Rowland's arraignment, Judge Jay Weiner called it a case that two weeks ago would have been seen as the defendant being charged as a robbery. Now, when asked by the New York Post about these downgraded charges, Bragg refused to even talk about the case. There was a gentleman who was arrested for robbing a CVS with a knife, and he was downgraded to a misdemeanor. I'm not going to discuss that in open matter. Thank you. According to state records, Roland had a long rap sheet, including serving time for robbery and attempted robbery. He's had 16 misdemeanor convictions and also failed to appear in court eight times. Manhattan prosecutor Jacqueline sure asked that Roland be placed on supervised release under the terms of the state's bail reform laws, which require that defendants be afforded the least restrictive conditions to ensure they return to court. The judge granted the prosecutor's request, saying he couldn't set bail based on the downgraded charges from Bragg's office. A musical giant has passed away. Ronnie Spector of the 60s rock band The Ronettes has died. Spector passed away Wednesday at the age of 78 following a brief battle with cancer. Spector was born Veronica Yvette Bennett back in 1943, known for singing Ronettes hits including Be My Baby, Baby I Love You, and Walking in the Rain. All right, Spectre's family asking that in lieu of flowers, donations be made to your local women's shelter or to the American Indian College Fund. 77 WABC Time Check, 507. Time for a look at traffic with Joe Nolan. And Joe Nolan, know you're a big sports fan. Seton Hall at DePaul at 5 o'clock this afternoon. Yeah, it should be a good game. Ronnie Spectre, though, what a shame. She, um, I used to see her, at least I saw her one time, I remember, down, oh, had to be in the 70s, down in uh, Asbury Park in the Stone Pony. With um, with Southside Johnny and the Asbury Jukes, that was absolutely phenomenal. Awesome! <laughs> wow, great performer. Phenomenal. Anyway, let's get outside again. We're starting out uh, in pretty good shape, actually, to tell you the truth. Really not much for you to worry about as you start to come inbound on the LIE northern southern states. Grand Central Parkway all moving very well as you come out of Nassau County and into the city. Same thing in New Jersey, 82, 82, 87, 19, 22, all that still doing very well. Also, a little bit of a glitch northbound. Heavy traffic on the Bruckner getting on up to the drawbridge and alternate side of the street parking rules and regulations once again today are in effect. I'm Joe Nolan with Traffic. I'm talking. Radio 77 WABC. 
Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Partly sunny skies today are high near 42 light winds. Increasing clouds overnight, the low down to 32 right now in the upper 30s in the tri-state area. So a bit warmer. Well, yet another poll gives President Biden, yes, bad grades. Only one-third of the respondents to this new poll, it's out of Quinnipiac University in Connecticut, approve of President Biden's performance, or 33%. Now, 53% disapprove of Biden's performance in the White House. These dismal numbers come as Biden is trying to fire up his base ahead of the midterm elections. Biden's heightened his attacks, too, on former President Donald Trump as Trump considers another run for the White House. He's not just a former president. He's a defeated former president. Defeated by a margin of over 7 million of your votes in a full and free and fair election. There is simply zero proof the election results are inaccurate. Neither Biden nor Trump, of course, has officially announced plans to seek party nominations heading into the 2024 race for the White House. Well, Democrats are pressuring West Virginia Senator Joe Manchin and Arizona Democratic Senator Kirsten Sinema to vote in favor of changing the U.S. Senate's filibuster rules. Now, that would allow two voting bills that Democrats want to get through to pass. Now, turning up the heat, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer of New York and fellow Democrats. Now, they've told Manchin and Sinema party seats and the party's majority are at stake here. Nine senators met with cinema yesterday. Now here's Schumer on MSNBC. Uh, many in our caucus are for it, but even those who are not are for changes in the rule. We're not for eliminating it totally. Even those who are not for eliminating it totally are for changes in the rules that allow us to pass voting rights. And we're actively discussing potential changes in the rules that hopefully can get all 50 of us there. And President Biden getting into the act, too, turning up the heat on cinema and mansion. The president today plans to pressure the two Democratic senators. He plans to meet with mansion and cinema today. I'm making it clear to protect our democracy. I support changing the Senate rules, whichever way they need to be changed to prevent a minority of senators from blocking action on voting rights. Schumer has vowed if the U.S. Senate does not act on voting rights legislation by Martin Luther King Day Monday, he'll bring up an action to force a change in the Senate's rules. A 60-vote majority needed, of course, to end a filibuster. Republican House Leader Kevin McCarthy refusing to cooperate with a voluntary request from the Select House Committee investigating the January 6th riot to answer questions. Now, in this request, the committee said it wants to question McCarthy about a very heated conversation with then-President Donald Trump on January 6, 2021. However, McCarthy last night released a statement saying he will not cooperate with the request. Here is MSNBC analyst Tim Miller. Kevin McCarthy is different because he has direct evidence that Donald Trump knew he was responsible. And I think that is the important thing about that phone call, you know, the one that Jamie Herrera Butler testified to that you just referenced um, in, in the second impeachment trial, you know, where uh, uh, where Trump, uh, you know, told McCarthy that essentially that he is on the side of the domestic terrorists. So committee chair Benny Thompson has, in fact, responded to McCarthy's statement that he will not cooperate with the voluntary request. So Thompson telling reporters he would consider issuing a subpoena if McCarthy does not comply voluntarily. 
Well, despite claims of it being a free market, a Democratic House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and her husband may be forced to stop trading individual stocks. Members of Congress may be banned eventually from trading stocks while in office, a bill, in fact, introduced by Georgia Democrat John Ossoff and Arizona Democrat Mark Kelly. Now, it would force members of Congress, their spouses and their dependent kids from trading stocks while the members are, in fact, in office. They would have to place their assets in a blind trust and those failing to comply would have to fork over their entire salary. Here's Ossoff on Fox News. I'm an advocate for banning stock trading by members of Congress who make policy, who have access to information and economic forecasting, uh, and banning stock trading by their spouses. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer weighing in. He has also refused on Tuesday to say whether he would support a ban. I don't own any stocks, and I think that's the right thing to do. All right. According to a poll from the Convention of States, 70 per six. 76% of respondents, 76% of voters here support that proposed trading ban. Now, that includes 70% of Democrats, 78% of Republicans, and 80% of independents. Former President Donald Trump hung up during an NPR interview. It was during a dial-in interview on Tuesday while he was down in Mar-a-Lago. Host Steve Inskeep repeatedly pushed the former president about his claims of election fraud, that the 2020 presidential election was, in fact, stolen. The badgering went on for some nine minutes until Trump hung up. Here's Trump finally getting fed up and abruptly ending that interview. The only way it's not going to happen again is you have to solve the problem of the presidential rigged election of 2020. Uh, Mr. President, one more question. I want to ask about a court hearing yesterday on January 6th. Judge Amit Mehta, he's gone. Okay. All right. The interview, six years in the making, was supposed to go on for some 15 minutes. And uh, during the interview, Trump also took the opportunity to blast Rhino, Republicans in name only, for admitting that he lost the election. He also called Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell a loser for saying that Joe Biden won in 2020. WABC News time coming up on 515. Time for a look at sports with Justin Ellick. Hi, Deb. How are you? Good. Thursday, almost Friday. Tell me about it. Friday yeah. Eve is what we Ooh. like to call it. How about that? So uh, a couple more days, and then we got a weekend. All right, I am Justin Alec here with your early news sports update. Let's start with local hoops as both the Knicks and Nets hit the floor last night. Knicks were at home at MSG hosting the Dallas Mavericks. The Mavericks came into town. Six-game win streak, but R.J. Barrett had something to say about that number getting to seven. That time, Noel forces the turnover. Barrett! Barrett finished the game with 32 points on 13 to 22 from the floor as he carried the Knicks to a 108 to 85 victory. Knicks are set to return to action on Saturday when they'll be in Atlanta to battle the Hawks. Let's grab a look at the Nets last night who visited the Bulls in Chicago to try and gain a game in the Eastern Conference standings. Consider that mission accomplished as they routed the Bulls by a score of 138 to 112. Kevin Durant and James Harden put the rest of the league on notice, combining for 52 points with Durant going for 27 and Harden pouring in 25. The Oklahoma City Thunder will meet the Nets back in Brooklyn tonight for an 8.30 p.m. matchup at the Barclays Center. For the first time in a long time, all three local ice hockey teams will be skating this evening. The Islanders will finally return to action after almost two we- after an almost two-week 
long hiatus as they'll welcome the Devils all the way from New Jersey for a 7.30 p.m. Eastern time date tonight. The Rangers are in San Jose getting ready for their 10.30 p.m. Eastern time faceoff with the Sharks. Rangers will play uh, next against the Flyers in Philadelphia. The Islanders will remain at home and wait for the Capitals to come to town on Saturday afternoon. And the Devils will take about a week off before they welcome the Coyotes to Newark next Wednesday night. You're seeing a lot, a lot of these long breaks for hockey teams because of those COVID complications up in Canada. And uh, I would imagine it's too early for any announcement on the Giants' new GM or new coach. Just yeah, so, just yeah. a bit too early. Um, we won't see a new coach until they get a new GM. Uh, in the building. Important so uh, and, until that happens, um, you know, you won't see any talk about a new head coach. But I do believe they've begun uh, the process in terms of bringing in a new general manager. So I am Justin Alec, and that's your early news sports update on 77 WABC. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center coming up. Let's check in once again with Joe Nolan. All right, Devin, again, as we travel inbound at Lincoln and Holland Tunnels, George Washington Bridge, only minor delays at the tolls at this point, really nothing overly horrible if you're coming down uh, from lower Brooklyn. Again, we're doing very well until you get right up towards the Brooklyn Bridge. That's what really starts to slow, and it's not too bad. I mean, we're down to maybe, uh, you know, 40 miles an hour, so that's still moving very nicely for the Gowanus BQA. Southbound on the Bruckner Expressway, uh, we're very slow coming down to the drawbridge, actually in both directions there for some reason. Uh, inbound on the island, LIE, northern southern states, right through Suffolk and Nassau counties doing well. Mass transit good too, and alternate side of the street parking rules once again today are going to be in effect. I'm Joe Nolan with Traffic Talk Radio. 77 WABC. And as promised, your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center calling for a partly sunny day today, warmer than it has been. Today's highs 42, light winds, increasing clouds overnight, though, the low right at the freezing mark of 32, right now in the upper 30s in the tri state. And here is Frank Diaz with your morning business report. Morning, good Frank. morning, Deb. How are you? Good, good. All right, awesome. Well, U.S. stock futures were a little changed during trading this morning after the NASDAQ composite rose for the third session despite a red hot Consumer Price Index report. Dow futures were up just two points. S&P 500 futures up two and a half points. And NASDAQ 100 futures about 18 points. Well, on Wednesday, the major averages rose despite the hefty print from the CPI inflation report. The Dow Jones Industrial Average jumped about 38 points. S&P added 0.3%. NASDAQ rose for the third day straight, climbing 0.2%. Well, persistent challenges in getting goods from factories to customers continue to drive up the price of cars, computer chips, furniture, and other products, pushing up consumer prices in December at the fastest rate since 1982. The Consumer Price Index climbed 7% in the year through December and 5.5% after volatile prices such as food and fuel were stripped out. Uh, according to data that was released yesterday. The price of used cars and trucks surged just over 37% in the year to December, while food grew just over 6% and apparel rose just under 6%. Increases in the cost of energy and rent also drove price increases. The Omicron variant, as you know, is infecting workers at factories, ports, trucking companies, and warehouses, and leading to further shortages of some products and parts used for the making of the goods. Strong demand from consumers also continues to elevate shipping prices and fuel price increases for a variety. Variety of products. Well, move over, George Clooney and Dwayne Johnson. Mark Wahlberg is launching his own tequila brand. Wahlberg announced his collaboration with Fletcher Azul, which was co-founded by Mexican PGA golfer Abraham Anser and entrepreneur Aaron Marquez. He revealed his reason for investing it was the passion the pair showed him for their unique alcoholic drink. Fletcher Azul sells five different types of tequila, and the drinks are currently available in California, Texas, Nevada, and Georgia. And they will be available across the U.S. later this year. As you know, he will be joining a pool that consists of George Clooney, The Rock, and Caitlyn Jenner. 
All right. Thanks, Frank. And we go in depth now about this story about the man who allegedly robbed that same Manhattan, Dwayne Reed, twice at knife point. Now, not only is this guy released without bail, but his charges downgraded to a simple misdemeanor under Manhattan's new district attorney. 77 WABC's Lydia Serrani goes in depth now on this issue with political analyst Hank Scheinkoff. And this is Lydia Serrani, and on the line with me right now is political analyst Hank Schenkoff. How are you, Hank? I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. Can you believe the front page of the Post, this latest story about District Attorney Alvin Bragg's latest radical policies, a career criminal? He was arrested 16 times before. He held up a Dwayne Reed twice in the same day at knife point, and he was released on no bail. It is the craziest thing, and at some point, people are going to get killed. It's just a question of when, and God forbid police officers are going to be in the line of fire. Why? If you tell people they can do whatever they want, they're going to do whatever they want, and yes, there are societal problems, but by the time it gets to someone who's got 16 prior callers and who has uh, decided that it's a good day to go and rob a place twice and who's got heroin in their pocket and who knows that no matter what they do, they're going to walk at arraignment, well... What do you think is going to happen? What's even more scary is the ADA is being accused of omitting the fact that this career criminal had a knife on him. This ought to be an ethical question taken before the Bar Association. And how dare people all alter affidavits of events that actually occurred? And what is the sanction for that? And furthermore, the DA was not elected to his. The DA was elected to ensure that the law was enforced NYPD's top cop, she actually met with Bragg. Supposedly the meeting was productive. She's she's concerned about the safety of her officers, the safety of New Yorkers in achieving justice for the victims. Is she rightly concerned? If you read the memo, it's among the craziest documents ever written for anybody who's been involved in crime, criminal justice in any way, shape, or form. Why is it crazy? You're asking officers to make distinctions between toy guns and, and real guns, right? We had a cop killed. A fellow named Simonson, a good detective who was murdered the line of duty because somebody had a fake gun and then somebody took a shot. D.A. Bragg talking about, well, what we were doing before, it's not working. Crime is up. Shooting's up. This is up. It's like, yeah, because of the bail reform laws. It feels like we're in bizarro world. We are in bizarro world where people have created the condition that they don't want to fix. You know, talk about Rikers Island, all the rest of it. Yes, there are problems. There have been problems. But the de Blasio administration had eight years to fix the problems. And they didn't fix any of the problems. And now Adams is stuck here with all of this tossed into his lap. And his failure or success will rest entirely on whether crime is under control again. Do you think there is a remote possibility that Hochul will actually listen to the growing calls to replace Bragg and actually do something about it? Will she do something? It's very hard for her to take on a prosecutor in New York City. Who has to die for the politicians, for our leaders to wake up and realize that these policies are just wrong? There's no answer to the question, sadly. The... uh, It takes a tragedy to create change. And the great tragedy of our politics is that we muddle along until there is that tragedy. I just hope that it stops. And I I pray for the men and women uh, who protect us every day on our streets that they will be protected by God. Because it's not the politicians that will be protecting them. Those are some true words spoken right there. Well, thank you so much, political analyst Hank Schenkoff. Thank you for being with us. And again, I'm Lydia Serrani, and this is your early news report. And the suspect in question, William Rowland, also failed to appear in court eight times. The WABC Early News. The NYPD has announced they are adding $6,500 to 77 WABC owner John Katsimatidis' $10,000 reward for information about the suspect who shot and killed a 19-year-old at a Harlem Burger King last weekend. 
19-year-old Crystal Bayron Nieves handed over 100 bucks during this armed holdup, but she was fatally shot at the East 116th Street fast food establishment early Sunday, despite that. Here's 77 WABC owner and operator John Katsimatidis talking about his reward. I will offer a $10,000 reward for the capture and conviction of, of that, that low that, life that, low life that, 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 that shot her. All right. And uh, Crime Stoppers 2 also offering a reward, $3,500 in this case. There's video on our website, 77wabcradio.com, in the local news section from the Burger King of the suspect police are looking for. Concerns about nepotism has forced the hand of New York City's new mayor. Mayor Eric Adams has demoted his brother, Bernard, from the position of deputy NYPD commissioner. Instead, now the 56-year-old retired NYPD police sergeant will serve as executive director of mayoral security. Here is the younger Adams during the mayor's primary election victory. Eric has the spectacularness. Look that up in the dictionary to get it done. All right. The uh, demotion, meaning a lower tiered position for Adams and also less money. Adams will earn a $210,000 salary as director of mayoral security for his brother. And that's 30,000 bucks less than the deputy police commissioner's salary. Well, a huge cash infusion for the cash strapped MTA hard hit during the viral pandemic. U.S. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer of New York announced on Wednesday that over $6 billion in COVID-19 relief monies are headed to the MTA. The monies are out of the U.S. Department of Transportation. These monies representing nearly half of the $14 billion in COVID-19 relief money that's actually been allocated for the agency in pandemic rescue packages. Here's Schumer exclusively on Cats at Night. This is going to help, particularly now with Omicron and subway ridership down. This is a deep pocket. You know, they don't have to worry about getting the future money to keep the fares down, keep the service up, and improve the, the uh, capital construction. So the money, as Schumer told Cats at Night, has fended off things like fare hikes, service cuts, and layoffs. For the time being, the MTA, of course, hard hit with severe drops in ridership and uh, tax revenue due to COVID. Former President Donald Trump heaped praise onto Representative Elise Stefanik during a fundraiser in Florida Tuesday evening. Trump said the House GOP conference boss could be commander in chief in 2028. Trump helped raise 3.2 million bucks for the New York Republican, his political action committee and other GOP candidates on Capitol Hill with that event at his Mar-a-Lago resort in Palm Beach. Trump also hinted at throwing his hat into the ring for a second White House term as attendees chanted four more years and 2024. WABC time check, 527. Here's Joe Nolan once again with a look at the roads and the rails. All right, Deb, building up a little bit now as you come westbound on the Long Island Expressway, getting through the area of Queens Boulevard, pretty much 108 on in. Now, also coming up through Lower Brooklyn, we've got a lot of volume as you start to head northbound, coming away from uh, Industry City. Again, the road work there. And then once again, as you get up to the Brooklyn Bridge, a little bit of slow traffic inbound. Lincoln Hall and George, all three seem to be moving along very nicely. New Jersey's nice and clean and green, as they used to say. No problems at all. New York State Thruway southbound. Uh, We've got ourselves a a good ride. 
ride right on down to the Tappan Zee Bridge. That road work on the northbound New England Thruway right by 287 has got things backed up, though, so look for delays from Playland Parkway on up. And alternate side of the street parking rules once again today are going to be in effect. I'm Joe Nolan with traffic on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Partly sunny day today. Warmer or high, 42. Light winds, uh, mostly cloudy overnight, so increase in clouds. Below at the freezing mark of 32 right now in the upper 30s in the tri-state. We'll be back with more news. I'm Deb Valentine with your 77 WABC Early News, along with weather, traffic, sports, and business right after the break. Entertaining and informative. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. Welcome to the 77 WABC Early News. Also coming up, traffic, weather, sports, and business. I'm Deborah Valentine. Here's your top five at 530. It's the top five at 530. Well, this could be juicy. Hunter Biden's ex-wife is penning a tell-all memoir about the president's son following their divorce. It's due out ahead of the midterm elections. A speculation of yet another Trump versus Clinton matchup. Two top Democratic operatives think Hillary Clinton will make another run for the White House. Pundits have blown up social media over this one. Reports that Hamas has captured a killer Israeli dolphin armed with weapons of assassination. More fallout over those lax crime policies out of Manhattan new DA Alvin Bragg's office. And a giant of the musical world has passed away. Ronnie Spector of the Ronettes, dead at the age of 78. Well, ahead of this year's midterm, so this may be influential here, the wife of the president's son, Hunter's ex-wife, set to release a tell-all book. Hunter Biden's ex-wife, Kathleen Buell, plans to detail her 24-year marriage to Hunter Biden. People magazine reporting Biden's ex will dish dirt on Hunter's alleged spending of the couple's money on things like drugs, alcohol, strippers and prostitutes. Hunter's ex also plans to detail his alleged affair with his dead brother's wife, Hallie. Here's New York Post columnist Miranda Devine on Laura Ingram's podcast. The sort of mysterious Ukrainian-American who initially um, introduced Hunter to Burisma and to that very lucrative board membership at $83,000 plus a month um, was also Russia-aligned. So Hunter Biden, what she's detailing there, has been criticized for his foreign dealings with Ukrainian gas company Burisma Holdings and for profiting in China while his father was vice president. He and Buell divorced back in April 2017. And the title of this memoir coming out is If We Break, a memoir of marriage, addiction and healing. Well, yes, there could be a Donald Trump-Hillary Clinton rematch. Twice failed presidential hopeful Hillary Clinton may make another run for the White House. Two Democratic operatives say Clinton may be the best option to lead Democrats and likely face Donald Trump in 2024. As all these polls show Biden and Harris approval ratings sinking, these operatives are Doug Schoen and Andrew Stein. They made this prediction in a Wall Street Journal article. Now, here's Clinton reading part of what would have been her victory speech during a masterclass video. And as hard as it might be to imagine, your daughter will grow up and become 
the president of the United States together. We will make America even greater than it has ever been. So Clinton sounded like a presidential hopeful, too, when she told NBC News last month that a second Trump victory could spell the end of our democracy. And Clinton also said that the 2024 election would be a make or break point. Of course, neither Clinton nor Trump has announced and neither has Biden. An Israeli killer dolphin has reportedly been captured by Hamas. The Palestinian organization's military wing posted actually an online video claiming that one of its naval units captured this killer dolphin. No confirmation, though, from Israel. Hamas claims the Israeli killer dolphin spy was armed with weapons capable of assassinating its fighters off the Gaza coast. The Hamas claims uh, these uh, made these uh, claims on social media, too. There is a surprising genre as well of conspiracy theories that Israeli intelligence routinely uses animals, things like birds, as tools and espionage. People poking fun at this at Hamas on social media for being afraid of dolphins, usually docile animals. All right. Well, more fallout over new Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg's soft on crime policies. The ex-con who had felony charges downgraded to misdemeanors after allegedly robbing a Lower East Side Dwayne Reed at knife point was told in court he should feel lucky that he was busted after the new DA took office. In an official transcript of William Rowland's arraignment, Judge Jay Weiner called it a case that two weeks ago would have been charged as a robbery. So when asked by the New York Post about these downgraded charges, Bragg refused to discuss the case. There was a gentleman who was arrested for robbing a CVS with a knife and he was downgraded to a misdemeanor. I'm not going to discuss that as an open matter. Thank you. So according to state records, Roland had a long rap sheet, including serving time for robbery and attempted robbery. He has 16 misdemeanor convictions, and he also failed to appear in court some eight times. Manhattan prosecutor Jacqueline Scher was in court on the case, and she asked that Roland be placed on supervised release under the terms of the state's bail reform laws, which require that defendants be afforded the least restrictive conditions to ensure that they return to court. The judge granted the prosecutor's request, saying he couldn't set bail based on the downgraded charges from Bragg's office. Musical giant has passed away. It's Ronnie Spector of the 60s rock band The Ronettes has died. Spector died Wednesday at the age of 78 following a brief battle with cancer, according to his family. Spectre, born in 1943, Veronica Yvette Bennett, uh, known, of course, for singing huge hits, including Be My Baby, Baby I Love You, and Walking in the Rain. Spectre's family asking that in lieu of flowers, donations be made to your local women's shelter or to the American Indian College Fund. 77 WABC time check is 537. Let's head over to Joe Nolan with a look at traffic and transit. Well, traveling on the New England Thruway on the northbound side, coming into uh, Playland Parkway, bumper-to-bumper traffic, it stays that way. Up through 287, the road works it's there every single day, at least one lane. Going to be out of service. Man, my throat's a mess today. Other than that, we're in pretty good shape. No real major difficulties as you come in through Lower Brooklyn. Just the usual stuff on the inbound side, getting up to the Brooklyn Bridge, building up now a little bit. Mass transit seems to be running 
right on or close to schedule, everybody at least so far. And alternate side of the street parking rules and regulations once again today are going to be in effect. I'm Joe Nolan with Traffic on Talk Radio 77 WABC. All right, thanks, Joe. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Partly sunny day today or high near 42. Light winds increasing clouds overnight, turning mostly cloudy. The low right at the freezing mark of 32 right now in the upper 30s in the tri-state area. Um, President Biden railing against that uh, Senate filibuster on Tuesday, insisting that he, too, wants these rules changed. But it's an about face for Biden. Biden called for its abolition so Democrats can pass two voting rights bills. Back in uh, 2005 and 2019, there's a video of Biden showing him defending filibuster rules. And we should make no mistake, this nuclear option is ultimately an example of the arrogance of power. We have to make that call on the fire. Ending the filibuster is a very dangerous thing to do because it's been used by progressives the whole our whole time to make sure that we did not get rolled over. All right. In Georgia this week, Biden said if the U.S. Senate does not agree to debate the voting bills, Democrats simply have no option but to change filibuster rules to get the bills passed. Sadly, the United States Senate, designed to be the world's greatest deliberative body, has been rendered a shell of its former self. Opposition from fellow Democratic Senators Manchin and Cinema are likely, though, to quash efforts to change these filibuster rules. Biden meets with those two senators later today. Republican senators from Tennessee said President Biden's nominee to serve as the U.S. Circuit Judge for the Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals believes himself to be above the law. Fox News first obtained and reported on a letter that Andre Mathis wrote to Senate Judiciary Committee Chairman Dick Durbin, the Democrat out of Illinois, and ranking member Chuck Grassley, the Republican out of Iowa. Now, these senators slam Biden for not taking the time to meaningfully engage with them before his nomination. Here's Tennessee Senator Marsha Blackburn. And now, on the eve of his hearing, it has been made public. It has a rap sheet with a laundry list of citations including multiple failures to appear in court. In Tennessee, we expect our judges to respect the law. Well, despite all this, the White House is defending Mathis, saying he represented numerous indigent criminal defendants throughout his work as a member of the Criminal Justice Act panel for the Western District of Tennessee and his pro bono litigation with the Tennessee Innocence Project. A furious Republican Senator Ted Cruz slammed a lectern in fury on Tuesday. That as the Texas senator accused the Biden administration of hypocrisy on COVID-19 policy. Cruz railed against a one-sided media, too, for only asking Republicans why they weren't wearing masks on Tuesday. Cruz said everyone appearing with him had been double vaccinated and boosted. On the question of hypocrisy, you just asked... You people at the podium are speaking without masks. Just once, I'd like to see a reporter say to Joe Biden when he stands at the damn podium in the White House without a mask, Mr. President, why aren't you wearing a mask? Cruz made his comments the day after four lawmakers announced they had caught COVID-19, adding to four more who announced positive test results over the weekend. Kentucky Republican Senator Rand Paul is confident that COVID-19 was engineered and leaked from a lab in Wuhan, China. Paul told Fox News on Tuesday that there is a 92-10 probability that it came from Wuhan. 
I believe that this virus originated from a lab that was engineered by the Chinese. We don't have 100% proof of that, but we have, I think the evidence leans 90-10 that this came from the lab. Now, Rand Paul also told Fox uh, in a separate interview Tuesday that Dr. Anthony Fauci is a political creature and not acting as a scientist anymore, but more like a politician. I think it's really dangerous that he's gotten into his head that somehow he represents all of science, that anybody criticizes, criticizes him, prepare for the takedown. All right. And these comments came after a heated Senate Health Committee hearing earlier this week between Paul and Fauci. Do you really think it's appropriate to use your $420,000 salary to attack scientists that disagree with you? I think in usual fashion... Senator, you are distorting everything about me. All right. Fauci accusing the Kentucky senator of inciting violence against him after he received a death threat. Well, critical race theory as well as COVID-19 are believed to have prompted a 40 percent boost in homeschooling down in Virginia during the 2020-2021 school year. The Virginia Department of Education says some 62,000 students now are being homeschooled. That compares to just over 44,000 the year before. Also, school shutdowns over the coronavirus and subsequent remote learning triggering many parents to begin homeschooling, too. Well, a French mosque in the city of Cannes along the French Riviera has been shuttered for supporting Islamist groups and anti-Semitism. The French interior minister, Gerald Darmanin, said on Wednesday that he had ordered the closure of the mosque. Now, he also said that the mosque was also guilty of supporting CCIF and Baraka City, the two groups that the government dissolved here for spreading Islamist propaganda. Former Theranos fraudster Elizabeth Holmes could spend the summer as a free woman. Her attorneys have proposed a September 12th sentencing date. Now, lawyers on both sides have actually agreed to a delayed hearing. It's to avoid overburdening the court as it prepares to hear the trial of her ex-boyfriend, Sonny Belwani. Belwani's trial is set to begin next month, and a status hearing has been scheduled for Wednesday. Now, Holmes faces up to 20 years in jail after being convicted of swindling investors out of $945 million and lying about her company, Theranos Blood Testing Technology. She was freed on a half-million-dollar bond to await sentencing. Now, it's not clear whether she will be required to wear an electronic monitoring bracelet, so we'll be keeping our eye on this one for you. Again, I'm Deb Valentine with your 77 WABC Early News. 77 WABC Time Check coming up on 545, and that means it's time for Justin Ellick with a look at sports. It is? Oh, my God. Yes, it is. Time, Justin. It flies when you're having fun, huh, Deb? Tempest Fugit in Latin. Time flies. There you go. <laughs> there you go. I am Justin Ellick here with your early news sports update. Let's start with local hoops as both the Knicks and the Nets hit the floor last night. The Knicks were at home at MSG hosting the Dallas Mavericks. The Mavericks came into town touting a six-game win streak. But R.J. Barrett had something to say about that number getting to seven. That time, Noel forces the turnover. Barrett, oh! To the reverse. Obi Toppin was hoping for some action, but Barrett took care of it instead. Barrett finished the game with 32 points on 13-22 from the floor as he carried the Knicks to a 108-85 victory. Knicks are set to return to action on Saturday when they'll be in Atlanta to battle the Hawks. 
Let's grab a look at the Nets last night who visited the Bulls in Chicago to try and gain a game in the Eastern Conference standings. Consider that mission accomplished as they routed the Bulls by a score of 138-112. to Kevin Durant and James Harden put the rest of the league on notice, combining for 52 points with Durant going for 27 and Harden pouring in 25. The Oklahoma City Thunder will meet the Nets back in Brooklyn tonight for an 8.30 p.m. matchup at the Barclays Center. For the first time in a long time, all three local ice hockey teams will be skating this evening. The Islanders will finally return to action after uh, an almost two-week-long hiatus as they'll they'll welcome the Devils all the way from New Jersey for a 7.30 p.m. Eastern time day tonight. Rangers are in San Jose getting ready for their 10.30 p.m. Eastern time face-off with the Sharks. Rangers will play next against the Flyers in Philadelphia. The Islanders will remain at home and wait for the Capitals to come to town Saturday afternoon. And the Devils will uh, take about a week off before they welcome the Coyotes to Newark next Wednesday night. That's your early news sports update, and I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. And, of course, tomorrow Friday, I'm sure you're going to have a big uh, preview of all of the uh, NFL action coming up this weekend, right? Big weekend. You know it. Big uh, playoff weekend. First week of the uh, 2021 season playoffs. So uh, we'll see uh, who remains come Monday uh, night. And games this year for the first time on not only Saturday, Sunday, but Monday night, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you got three straight days of football there. All right. Justin will have that preview for you tomorrow. 77 WABC time check coming up on 547. Let's head over to Joe Nolan now with a look on traffic and transit. You know, it's just thinking he said all the way yep. from New Jersey and I laughed, but you know what? Probably takes about two and a half hours to get from Newark to Long Island sometimes. I know, it depending, especially on a game day. Oh, yeah. Oh, my I God. Mean, that's a tough spot to get into. All right, here we go. As you begin to travel around, we've got ourselves uh, really not all that big of a deal in bad LIE, northern, southern states, all three doing very, very well this morning. Now, on the New England Thruway northbound, we're all jammed up from Playland Parkway up to 287. Now, we had construction there. That is out of the way, but now right around exit 20. There's an accident. It sounds like, though, that is on the shoulder. So as you come northbound, you've got that issue. Now, if you're uh, going to be coming up through Lower Brooklyn, again, the usual stuff, as you start to get up towards the area of the Brooklyn Bridge, just a little volume and a brake check now westbound. Long Island Expressway pretty much now coming into the city from just about the Cross Island all the way on into uh, the immediate area of Queens Boulevard. You're doing 35, 40 miles an hour. Mass transit, though, looks good. And alternate side of the street parking rules and regulations once again today are in effect. I'm Joe Nolan with traffic on Talk Radio 77 WABC. All right. And if you're heading out the door, your forecast from the Ramsey Monster Weather Center. Partly sunny day today. Our highs 42. is a little bit warmer anyway. Light winds, increasing clouds overnight. The low right at the freezing mark of 32 right now in the upper 30s in the tri-state area. WABC time check of 548 already. Time flies. All right. Here is Frank Diaz with your business report markets up i guess a couple days in a row right yeah absolutely u.s stock futures a little changed during early trading this morning after the nasdaq composite roads for the third session despite a red hot consumer price index report good little friday everyone by the way dow futures were up just two points s&p 500 futures were up two and a half and nasdaq 100 futures gained about 18 on Wednesday, the major averages rose despite the hefty print from the CPI inflation report. The Dow Jones Industrial Average jumped about 38 points. The S&P 500 added 0.3%. The Nasdaq rose for the third straight day, climbing 0.2%. Well, persistent challenges in getting goods from factories to consumers continue to drive up the price of cars, computer chips, furniture, and other products. So don't buy a couch anytime soon. Pushing up consumer prices in December at the fastest rate since 1982. The CPI index climbed 7% in the year through December and 5.5% at volatile prices such as food and fuel were stripped out. 
According to data released Wednesday, the price of used cars and trucks just served, surged over 37% in the year to December, while food grew just over 6%. And the apparel rose just under 6%. Increases in the cost of energy and rent also drove price increases. The Omicron variant obviously is infecting workers at factories, ports, trucking companies, and warehouses, leading to further shortages of some products and parts used for making goods. Strong demand from consumers also continues to elevate shipping prices and fuel price increases for a variety of products. All right, thanks, Frank. Well, Inflation. No. Wait. Oh, you're no, not no, done. No, no, we got oh one more story God, for you. I, I apologize. I no, it's okay. No, I'll move over. Stepping on your toes, Frank. Okay, it's okay. We'll move over. George Clooney and The Rock. Mark Wahlberg is dipping his hat into tequila. Wahlberg announces collaboration with Fletcher Azul, which was co-founded by Mexican PGA golfer Abraham Anser and entrepreneur Aaron Marquez. He revealed his reason for investing was the passion the pair showed him for their unique alcoholic drink. Fletcher Azul sells five different types of tequila. The drinks are currently available in California, Texas, Nevada, and Georgia, but will be available across the U.S. later in the year. All right. Well, thank you for that. And uh, 77 WABC Early News with Deb Valentine. NYPD has announced that they are adding $6,500 to 77 WABC owner John Katsimatidi's $10,000 reward. It's from information about the suspect who shot and killed that 19-year-old at a Harlem Burger King last weekend. This teen's name, Crystal Bayron Nieves, she handed over $100 during this armed holdup, but still she was fatally shot at that East 116th Street fast food establishment early Sunday, about 1 in the morning. Here's 77 WABC owner and operator John Katsimatidis talking about his reward. I will offer a $10,000 reward for the capture and conviction of, of that that low that, life. That low life that, 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 that shot her. All right. Crime Stoppers 2 offering a $3,500 reward in this case. There's video up on our website, 77wabcradio.com. In the local news section, it's from the Burger King of the suspect that cops are looking for. If you know anything about this, contact either the NYPD or Crime Stoppers. Well, concerns surfacing about nepotism, which have forced the hand of New York City's new mayor, Eric Adams. Mayor Eric Adams has now demoted his own brother, Bernard, from the position of deputy NYPD police commissioner. Now, instead, his 56-year-old brother, who's a retired NYPD police sergeant, will instead serve as executive director of mayoral security. Here's the younger Adams during the mayor's primary election victory. Eric has the spectacularness. Look that up in the dictionary to get it done. All right. The uh, demotion meaning not only a lower tiered position within the Adams administration, but less money, too. Adams will earn a $210,000 salary as director of mayoral security. And that's 30,000 bucks less than the deputy police commissioner's salary. I'm talking about money, a huge cash infusion for the cash-strapped MTA, hard hit, of course, during the viral pandemic. U.S. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer of New York announcing on Wednesday that over $6 billion in COVID-19 relief monies are headed to the MTA. The monies are from the U.S. Department of Transportation. Now, these monies represent nearly half of the $14 billion in COVID-19 relief money allocated for the agency in pandemic rescue packages. Here's Schumer talking about this exclusively on Cats at Night. This is going to help, particularly now with Omicron and subway ridership down. This is a deep pocket. You know, they don't have to worry about 
getting the future money to keep the fares down, keep the service up, and improve the, the uh, capital construction. So this money has fended off things like fare hikes, service cuts, and layoffs for the time being. The MTA has been hard hit, of course, with severe drops in ridership and tax revenue, too, due to COVID. Well, former President Donald Trump heaped praise onto Representative Elise Stefanik during a fundraiser, that fundraiser down at Mar-a-Lago Tuesday night. Trump said the House GOP conference boss would be or could be commander in chief. In 2028, Trump helped raise some $3.2 million for the New York Republican. His political action committee and other GOP candidates on Capitol Hill with that event at his Mar-a-Lago resort down in Palm Beach. Trump also hinted at throwing his hat into the ring for a second White House term as attendees chanted four more years in 2024. Well, more crime to tell you about two carjackings in Manhattan Wednesday, and they came less than an hour apart. The NYPD says his first carjacking took place about 4.30 at West 55th Street and Broadway, during which a man fled with a black Audi SUV after allegedly threatening the vehicle's driver with an ineffective taser. This carjacking, though, caught on surveillance and shared on the Instagram account, What is New York? About uh, 5.15, a man with a box cutter stole a black Infinity with TLC plates. Now, that happened on West 36th Street near 7th Avenue. No injuries, though, in either carjacking so far. No arrests in either case. A more shocking video of yet another crime in New York City. Video you can see up on our website, wabcradio.com. Now, it shows a construction worker being stabbed twice and doused with a liquid. Now, that liquid may have been bleach. After this construction worker refused a panhandler in Times Square. So this attack came Friday night after the man exited the CVS at Broadway right near 40th Street. So this female panhandler that he uh, rebuffed was waiting for him with a man who then allegedly tossed liquid in this construction worker's face. The construction worker was stabbed while on the ground and also robbed of his $340 tablet. So far, no arrests here. The victim was taken to a hospital in stable condition. 77 WABC Time Check, 556. We're working our way to the Bernie and Sid in the morning program. Well, a blow to toy collectors now. Sorry to tell you about this one. Two years in a row now due to COVID, the annual Toy Fair, the New York trade show, which was slated for next month, has, in fact, had to be canceled. It's all due to rising concerns from vendors and buyers over the recent COVID-19 surge, Omicron. So the show was set to take place at the Jacob K. Javits Center from February 19th to February 22nd. But the annual Toy Fair New York trade show now nixed two years in a row. The New York Post first reported that some of the biggest attendees, including big companies like Hasbro, MGA Entertainment, Walmart and Target, had bowed out in recent days, helping to force this cancellation two years in a row. And it's actually only the second time that that 100 17-year-old show has ever had to have been canceled. And of course, it was canceled last year as well for the Javits Center because of the viral pandemic. Okay, 77 WABC time check, 557. Let's head over to Joe Nolan with a look at traffic and transit. All right, Deborah, we continue to have delays heading northbound on the New England Thruway between Playland Parkway and 287. Extra heavy traffic. And again, all this 
because of an accident right around the area of exit 21. So as you head northbound, you've got that issue. We're also going to be looking at a little bit of a delay as you come inbound on the expressway. But like we said, it's nothing overly terrible, just the usual stuff as you start to head westbound building normally, I guess is the way to say it. Same thing coming up through lower Brooklyn. Now, if you're inbound on the Lincoln and Holland Tunnel, George Washington Bridge, you have no delay at this point and alternate side of the street parking rules and regulations once again are going to be in effect in mass transit. Everybody seems to be in pretty good shape. I'm Joe Nolan with traffic on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Partly sunny skies today. It will be a little bit warmer than it has been earlier in the week. Our highs 42 light winds. Increasing clouds this evening, turning mostly cloudy overnight. The low right at the freezing mark of 32 right now in the upper 30s in the tri-state area. We are working our way to the Bernie and Sid in the Morning program coming up right here on 77 WABC. All right, a couple more stories to tell you about, Deb Valentine, with your early news. America's largest bank, J.P. Morgan Chase, may fire 600 of its New York City employees. It's all over their refusal to get vaccinated against COVID-19, so these pink slips looming. J.P. Morgan Chase CEO Jamie Dimon said under company and New York City policy requirements, unvaccinated employees cannot work in office. It is unclear, though, when these alleged terminations would take place or how long employees will be given to get their jabs. Now, Dimon did, however, say he plans to offer flexibility to workers and notes J.P. Morgan's vaccination policies will vary by location. I'll head now to Los Angeles Tuesday. It was the first day back from winter break. One-third of public school students were absent, the district requiring each child be tested for COVID-19 on a weekly basis. So almost 70% of those students who actually made it to class were forced to stand in long lines as officials made sure each had a negative COVID test. 15% of the Los Angeles public school employees actually ended up testing positive for COVID-19. 17% of students also tested positive. And uh, the school district out in L.A. says it will continue testing weekly as Omicron surges. Students who did show up to school on Tuesday without a negative result were tested on site. And quickly declining ratings for CNN. The pro-democratic network saw a drop of nearly 90 percent in viewership for the first week of 2022. The network averaging just over a half million viewers during the week of January 3rd. That compares to 2.7 million viewers for the same week a year ago. 77 WABC Early News with Deb Valentine. We're coming up to the Bernie and Sid in the Morning program right here on 77 WABC. 